Beginning in the late colonial period, the United States grew to become the preeminent whaling nation in the world by the 1830s. American whaling's origins were in New York and New England, including Cape Cod, Massachusetts, and nearby cities. Whale oil was in demand chiefly for lamps. By the 18th century, whaling in Nantucket had become a highly lucrative deep-sea industry, with voyages extending for years at a time and traveling as far as South Pacific waters. During the American Revolution, the British Navy targeted American whaling ships as legitimate prizes. In turn, many whalers fitted out as privateers against the British. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Mr. and Mrs. Campbell. Uh, your daughter Heather has been like this for some time. I don't think there's anything we can do. After the war ended in 1783 and the industry began to prosper, using bases at Nantucket and then New Bedford, whales took great economic risks in search of profit, expanding their hunting grounds. Investment uh, in I, this document will grant you power of attorney. So if you We catch fractions of flies and somehow end up learning the fictional history of boxing in genre-hopping indie game legend Frog Fractions. This week on How Did This Get Played? Welcome to How Did This Get Play, the show where we discuss the worst and weirdest and wonderfulest video <laughs> games of all time. I'm Nick Weiger, along with Heather Ann Campbell. Hi, I'm Heather Ann Campbell, along our... Oh, <laughs> boy, I just immediately tripped on my own words on sentences that I say every week and will until I'm dead. <laughs> Hi, I'm Heather Ann Campbell, alongside our producer, Matt Apodaca. Hello, everyone. Hello, everyone, and welcome back, Bucket. Edge. Heather, how, how long do you plan to live? <laughs> uh, well, I'm, aim I'm aiming for at least uh, at least a an hour. Uh, okay, so all right. Let's, let's, <laughs> let's make the most of it. But yeah, let's, um, get, let's get going just in case. Let's get as, let's, as fast as we can here. Uh, we are back to regular format this week. I miss Cojember already. Boy, I can't believe it's going to be a, we're going to have to wait a whole nother year till Cojember, but we do have a very fun game to discuss and some awesome guests to discuss it with. Uh, and, but before we do that, before we descend into gaming hell, it's time, first as we always do, to spend 70 seconds in gaming heaven. Matt, count us off, and Heather, take it away. Go for it. All right. Let me say, um, I'm one of the lucky and privileged few who managed to get my hands on a PS5 at retail. I did not pay a scalper. This was a PlayStation 5 that I stood in virtual line for and received. And I have not played Spider-Man on the PS4. So my one of my launch titles was Demon's Souls. Excellent. But one of my launch titles was Miles Morales. And this game, guys, 
I know I sound like I'm talking about the sixth sense in 2020, but it is so good. It is so good. It is so enjoyable to go from location to location. Just moving around the city is a pleasure. Uh, I, 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 I showed it to Mary and Mary was like, I got to try this. And she swung around the city for an hour, like just loving the traversal itself. And if you can make the action of movement that pleasurable in your video game, it doesn't really matter what the rest of the game is because you can always turn it on and be like, I'm just going to swing around New York City for a little bit. It feels like the Christmas that I know that I'm not going to have. <laughs> Miles Morales on the PS5, an excellent 70 seconds Time's in up. gaming heaven. Wow. <laughs> yes. Wow. Just yes! fucking stuck the landing. That's how it's done, folks. <laughs> Fucking came off the pommel horse and just planted both feet. <laughs> like a pro. I, I fucking Tanya Harding that one. It was great. <laughs> Wait a minute. Are we talking about the same thing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a different connotation uh, depending on who you ask. <laughs> Uh, we're very, very excited to have our guests back. Actors, comedians, hosts of the great podcast, We Love Trash, which you can find at patreon.com slash we love trash. Mano Agapian and Betsy Sadaro. What's up, dudes? Woo! Oh! Hello! How are we? Uh, <laughs> we're, we're doing great. Th- thank you so much for being here. I, I uh, My instinct is to talk to you about Taco Bell, but that's not what we're here for. No. Um, <laughs> No, you we, shut we, your mouth. I now. mean, what is Taco Bell doing to us? It's taking it's away so everything we love. I, needless menu reductions. We I, wait, I, wait. What's going on with Taco Bell? They, <sighs> so there's a new CEO of Yum Brands, and he's kind of getting cut in his own toadies in charge of the various sub brands. Yum Brands is the triumvirate of KFC, uh, Taco Bell, and Pizza Hut. They now also own the Habit Burgers, so they've expanded to the burger sector, oh. but. They have reduced all of the vegetarian offerings in particular on the Taco Bell menu. They, they've, they basically contracted the Taco Bell menu substantially. They've streamlined it um, in, in like this kind of like, you know, capitalistic efficiency sort of uh, thing. But it, what, what's happened is it's just dissatisfied all its most loyal customers. Yeah. And, and they're real pieces of shit because I, <laughs> yes. I, uh, they backpedal all the time. I just sent everyone oh. a link about uh, they're now offering something called a chicken chipotle melt. Which is the same thing as the chicken chipotle griller, yes. but instead of saying we're yeah. idiots and people like this, they've right. decided to say this is a brand new thing. Which they're is gaslighting such, us. Such gaslighting. <laughs> they're fucking with such, us. They they abuse the people who love them they're the most. Probably yeah. charging more for it. Like uh-huh. those fucking assholes. I will say, Mana and I have dunked our heads into the Del Taco world. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, uh, I know, Nick. And yeah. those crispy chicken tacos fucking rule, dude. Whoa. Yeah. You're, you're speaking so you Matt's that language. Taco Bell? Hell yeah. yeah. Delicious. And I, it converted me. I'm like uh, a nun at Temple. I'm converted. And <laughs> <laughs> I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Matt and I are big are big Dell fans, but you yeah. know, to, to, to pivot from this to video games is actually Ooh. a natural transition because Mono, I have your Taco Bell Xbox One. You got yes. you had 
You are an influencer yes. who got a Taco Bell. You got your hand on one of these limited edition Taco Bell, Taco Bell Xbox, and you graciously sent it my way, and I've been yes. using it. And it's, uh, it's, I, I mean, it's, I, I'm reminded of you every time I turn it on because it makes the oh, Taco good. Bell bell sound. Uh, and, and might I say, sound. illegally, I illegally gave that to you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I signed paperwork that said, "Do not sell this. We will come for you." And I would like to fucking see it, Taco Bell. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm glad you get joy out of that because I, I had I had no place for an Xbox in my right. world. Yeah. Um, Matt is stewing because he's now the Xbox kid. Uh, yeah. But- I I'm the Xbox kid. I'm sort of the guy <laughs> with the Xbox. Yeah. There, so. I feel like Betsy and I are Nintendo loyalists. Like, right. yeah, and PlayStation. I am. Yeah, PlayStation. We, we fuck with PlayStation, but I, I, I'll speak for myself. Look at my damn hoodie. I am a real Nintendo kid. Whoa. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, there's a. Uh, it's a. It looks like a Mario Brothers three print hoodie you've got there. You that got is... some frog suit Mario. Correct. Uh, some piranha plants. Um, Correct. A uh, hammer brother. It, yeah, very very cool. And that's a and a boot. Oh, boot and a Mario. If you can see the layer of dust on my shoulders, that's how you know that I'm a Sega kid. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Filthy sheen. (laughs) Um, So I want to ask, because I've been asking all our guests, obviously, about their their gaming habits during this this lockdown during COVID. (laughs) And you're in the unique situation of of you live together, but you also game together. Not everyone Mm -hmm. who has someone they cohabitate with it's their is their gaming companion, but you guys yep. play games together. I assume that's been that's been great to have an IRL gaming buddy while we've been locked down together. Yeah, we played a lot of video games, especially at first. We we cracked out the sixty four and we're yeah. replaying Goldeneye. Wow! Wow! Yeah! Wow! Yeah! So wow! Good. Yeah, it was fun. Lots of Overcooked two. Lots of Overcooked two. Yes. Yeah. What Who was else? that one fun fighting game we played with Steve? Oh, oh, um, it's uh, oh god, it's it's part four, and it's from an old franchise. Um, Tekken, Streets of Rage. Oh, Streets of Rage. Yeah, nice. Played that Hunt Down. We played. Oh, Hunt Down is fun. If if y'all haven't played it, it's like it's old school, or it looks old school arcadey. But it it's so much fun. And if you put it on easy, you never run out of bullets. Wow. And it's awesome. Wow. <laughs> it's been good. Sometimes that's so satisfying to just sort of play. Like Hades, which which Matt and I have been playing, and mm-hmm. which is also just super fun. But it has a mode just called God Mode that you can just turn on. It doesn't um, you know, negatively affect your it, like it's not like you're getting punished for doing this or anything. Like it just makes the game way easier if you just want to fuck around and feel invincible. Yes. I mean, I haven't done it. But uh, but a lot, <laughs> but a lot of people have, and and they they I guess it's like a really well implemented mode. That sounds yeah. awesome. I'm so on the the. I'm so now just like I want everything to be easy. Right. I don't yeah. want to fucking try hard whatsoever while I'm playing a video game. I just want to cruise along and have fun. Yeah, it's fun. Same. I I started playing Breath of the Wild for the first time. Wow. Um, And it's incredible. I love it so much, but I still get so anxious during the boss fights that I I make my boyfriend do them. Because for whatever reason, that part of Zelda makes me have a panic attack. Yeah, it's it's the... uh... 
man the the are you talking about the uh you're fighting like the inside the shrines or or a particular a- anything too intense anything too okay intense. got it yeah like those little battle octopus people don't love them sure uh don't love <laughs> don't love the giants don't love the electric wizards but especially like the big bosses inside like the ruda oh yes and and, and other right. stuff yeah, kind of those four main bosses. Yeah, those are a little that that is that can be stressful. And that last, I mean, that, there's some there's some stressful fights in that that I think are. I I I, I totally get what you're saying. I do like like love one thing I love about that game is just like how all you can do to modify your stats by consumables. Like you can just cook a bunch of shit and give yourself yes. extra health and a bunch of an extra damage and extra resistances. Um, and I love I think that's super fun. Um, yeah. And I think that that I I don't know I like that that strategic approach. I don't know. Have you played the shit out of Breath of the Wild? Uh, the, the boss fights. Y- your thoughts? Well, before we say that, I want to say that I mentioned how much I like video game cooking on this podcast, and there is a <laughs> there is a Breath of the Wild cookbook that you can get called uh, the wow. Legends Cookbook. Um, that a uh, a listener pointed me in the direction of, and it is just the most charming cookbook. Oh. Uh, so between that and Fallout and Final Fantasy 15, I have tons and tons of video game recipes. Um, now, as for the bosses in Breath of the Wild, wait, what was the question? What were they fun? Or yeah, well, I mean, what did you I think scared? about it? I mean, I mean, I don't know how. What, just what were your thoughts? Man, I didn't. I like. I felt like the boss fights were the most boring part of Breath of the Wild. But it's another one of those games where traversal is the fun. Like, just flying around, riding a horse, like, catching the, what was the king of the mountain or whatever the fuck that horse is with the, Mm. it has a unicorn horn. Like, Mm. all of, all of that is the, is the joy. That's the gummy bears of that, of that video game. So, like. When I was trapped inside of a location that wasn't a shrine, I was really frustrated just because mm. I wanted to get over. I wanted to be done with it. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. and that's also why Like one of my most joyful memories in Breath of the Wild was one time I was on like a really tall mountain and I was able to throw bombs down at a giant and kill him with no conflict. I'm like Betsy in that way where I'm just like this is great I'm killing this guy and he's not even close to hurting me in any yeah, way yeah that's the that's way that's how I feed it. my dog I just like let's 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 pivot a little bit to because we're what we're talking about the game we're talking about today is <laughs> I mean, it's at least inspired by the edutainment genre. It's pretty far afield from that. But I- I'm curious: Did either of you play edutainment games as kids? Your Carmen San Diego's, your Mavis Beacon teaches type typing, your Math Blasters. Yeah, yeah, totally. Like in school, never in my house. Right. Uh, never in my fucking house. <laughs> <laughs> That's stupid. No, only at school. But I remember, and like, remember Truck in USA, where you were like a truck driver. Did anybody play that? Uh, and you had this to, like, rings a bell. You had to like type like turn wipers on and you had to spell everything correctly or it wouldn't work. Oh, wow. Um, but Good yeah, I God. played. So like, like you would crash your truck if you couldn't <laughs> type fast enough? <laughs> yeah, it was intense. It was intense. Teaching um, children to text and drive at a young age. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I put in like Carmen San Diego. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I feel a lot of typing ones for class. Right. 
Love that. Would you in, would you consider the incredible machine edutainment? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think that's that's it's definitely at least meant to get kids like get the imagination working, right? Love that. Love yeah. that. And of course, play the other ones in the genre with typing. But yeah, t- the incredible machine, they used to let us play that in shop class. And wow. <laughs> I was so glad to not be near any blades or wood. <laughs> <laughs> Heather, uh, were any ed- edutainment games in your past? So I am uh, the rabid fan of the old classic Macintoshes, and that's because my um, school had not upgraded. We had the I had the Internet in high school, but the computers that we had available to us in the computer lab were Macs, like Mm -hmm. original fucking Macs. Uh, Mm -hmm. And so a lot of my like middle school to early high school memories are of like black and white monitors and totally defunct word processing programs. And we had on it, we had Oregon Trail. We had uh, Mavis Beacon Teaches Typing, Carmen Sandiego. We had all of them, Um, but they were so ancient. Like it was like, like you, the idea that the computer couldn't record a sound was crazy like that like it was just, like but um but yeah all of my all of my typing came from typing programs on like macintosh mm-hmm. nick i don't sometimes you ask a question and i get so anxious in the <laughs> middle of the question that i stop uh-huh. listening and just hear the sound of my <laughs> own thoughts going what was the question? Even though you haven't <laughs> asked the question right. completely. And the volume on that turns up so loud that when it ends, I have to make it a wild assumption about what you asked. Mm-hmm. So did you ask me if I played computer <laughs> games as a kid? I, I did. And le- uh, just generally, this is why this dynamic works. Uh. (laughs) heather i love this i relate to this is this a constant anxiety or did we have too much coffee today is this what is Uh, it no it's it's constant and um i got a workbook a a cbt workbook about my anxiety recently uh which is just Mm -hmm. like when i feel anxious you open it up and then it has like step-by-step stuff that you're supposed to like walk your own anxiety through and try and figure out like why you're anxious. But I can't do that while I'm yep. the most anxious I am is when I'm talking to other people. So I can't ever mm. use it at the moment. I need it most. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but um, it's a great book. It's from therapynotebooks.com, I think, or something like that. It's excellent. If you're out there and you suffer from anxiety um, or if my, get the it's it's a good book get the book (laughs) yes (laughs) i get it heather very much relate i give you permission to take out your notebook and write a journal entry at any point during our records you can you have license to do that if it helps you ah that's so nice dear diary nick weiger is doing it again We we've talked, I think, about Mavis Beacon on the podcast previously. I so I really like, and this was a thing. This the some of the typing sections of this game was reminding me. We uh, similarly when we did when we covered Typing of the Dead uh, uh, a while back, like how much I just love playing typing simulators. Like it's like really fun because I 
normally I know how to type pretty well. And so I can feel like I'm successful in these games. And usually there's like some tangible effect on screen that's tied to you typing in a word correctly. I just find it very satisfying and soothing. Yeah. And, I, you know, I kind of get into a trance when I'm playing them. But uh, Bevis Beacon, which I used to, that was my typing tutor of the day uh, uh, back when I was a kid. It wasn't until adulthood that I found out that that's not a real person. There is no Mavis Beacon. It's just a corporate mm-hmm. symbol that was they like they just took like a stock photograph and said, this is Mavis Beacon. Mm-hmm. And I thought this this was Mavis Beacon, this like celebrity typing expert that I viewed <laughs> as this guru and potential future bride. And, <laughs> and it just and then I just like she fi- I find out she's not real. It was like very I like kind of it kind of hit me for whatever reason is uh, when I found that out. It's so like you- Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, who is eh. doubly fake. He is right. both a non-existent Christmas being, but also was created by a department store and added onto the reindeer. So mm, he's man. not a real reindeer Whoa, and he doesn't exist. Really? So he's like double negative. That's so yeah. weird. Oh, yeah. God. <laughs> oh, God. No. <laughs> oh, shit, man. I think he was invented by Marshall Field, but I'm not no. sure. Now I want to look it up. Now I'm going to look wow. it up. Now I'm going to look it up. Oh, mm-hmm. fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I shit. Am, I'm sorry that Mavis Beacon isn't the typing babe you wanted her to be. (laughs) (laughs) I love that, man, that just even from a young age, everyone else is looking at, you know, Kathy Ireland, Cindy Crawford. Sure. And you're you're all about that beacon. I'm so sorry, guys. I was wrong about the department store. It's Montgomery Ward. It is not Marshall Field. It is uh, 1939. Robert (gasps) L. May created Rudolph for Chicago-based Montgomery Ward. Wow. Uh, that's, uh, yep, that's Rudolph. He what? Oh, wow. man. Yeah, that's <laughs> wild. Wait, wait, wasn't there another entertainment game called like Number Crunchers or Math Crunchers? What am I thinking? Yeah, of? I, I mean, there's, I think there might be a Number Crunchers. There's Math Blaster. That's the one I always think about. Math I think Number Blaster. Crunchers is kind of like a, it was like a Pac-Man clone maybe with, with eating oh. numbers. There was also yeah. Donkey Kong Jr. Math, which was a really shitty Nintendo game where you, right. you controlled Donkey Kong Jr. by solving uh, arithmetic. I think I've told you this. I remember also there's a very sad day where me and my brother rented like Mario time travel or um, Mario also taught t- uh, he taught typing at some point. Yes. Rented uh. those games and was devastated at how boring they were. Yeah, apparently the Mario Edutainment ones, which I have not gotten into, are really, really shitty. And then that was also the era where they had, like, Hotel Mario, which is just, like, this <laughs> weird, you know, uh, ho- kind of hotel management slash visual novel um, mm-hmm. that apparently just completely sucks. The The cutscenes are unwatchable. Uh, but, yeah, it's... it's What was the other one? There was There's also Mario is Missing, which I think was an edutainment game where you controlled Luigi. Mm. Am I remembering that right? Maybe that's the time travel one? That know. might be the one I'm that might be the one I'm thinking of. Yeah. Um Yeah, I the the Carmen San Diego game I remember was Carmen San Diego where in, in time is Carmen San Diego and it was her time travel one. That was the one my parents bought. Oh. And the, the Carmen San Diego's you had to like you had you had like a, a reference manual that you had to like look through for historical facts and that's how you solve things. But I played that game for like 20 hours, not realizing that's what you were supposed to do. So <laughs> yeah. we just had to try to like guess it like, you know, uh-huh. um, uh, well, it is looks it like true. He's- is it true you broke your copy because you just kept typing in Third Reich, Third Reich, Third Reich? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> is that is that true or just a rumor? That's on your Wikipedia page, Nick. Is that I was interested in it for its historical value. I'm a history buff. <laughs> I don't know if those games actually help anything, and I guess maybe that brings us into this week's game, Frog Fractions, which oh, is kind man. of a meta commentary on edutainment. I think, and I think to some level, it's kind of just saying that a lot of these games just exist to, like, the, the edutainment is just like a a layer to help to market it to sell it to parents because ultimately it doesn't all have all that much educational value. I mean, I, that's maybe one of its many comments. Um, but Heather, this game was developed by Twin Beard Studios. Yeah, Frog Fractions, uh, which I was so excited about because I thought it was Frog Factions, and I thought it was like a combat versus game, but uh, Frog <laughs> Fractions <laughs> is a 2012 browser flash game developed by Twin Beard Studios, a company which is primarily just one dude, Jim Stormdancer. Look, if what your name. name cool. If your name is Stormdancer, why would you name your studio Twinbeard? Not <laughs> Stormdancer Studio. Yeah. <laughs> it's like how uh, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, the wrestler, mm. his his actual name is Richard Blood. <laughs> That's so much cooler. It's so much Dick cooler. Blood. His yeah. name is Dick Blood. Yeah. <laughs> and, he to, and he changed it to Ricky Steamboat. <laughs> well, yeah. Frog Fractions came out in 2012. Other games uh, notable in 2012, Borderlands 2, Mass Effect 3, Assassin's Creed 3, and uh, non-video games released that year include Journey, uh, hey, oh, hey, oh, we played on, that guys. for a little bit for old we times, did. for old times, guys. <laughs> um, it has been described Frog Fractions is uh, a genre bending video game that starts as if it is a math tutoring experience where you play as a frog. And you eat flies, and the flies uh, disappear into fractions of numbers. But if you try and garner any meaning or enter or education <laughs> from these numbers, you receive nothing. And then shortly yeah. thereafter, the game uh, transforms via in-game purchasables to a world-spanning, universe-destroying uh, experience that... Um, I almost didn't get to because I thought it was just the numbers part. And I was like, yes, fucking Nick. Why the fuck did he recommend this fucking yes. game? Yes. Like I've been eating flies for an hour yes. doing fucking nothing. And then accidentally leaned on my controller and I went into the water and I was like, son of a bitch. Yes. Mm -hmm. What it an incredible prank. It it really is like a a fuck you. I feel like to the the player, and that that's that's kind of how I felt playing it. Is just like it feels like a, the joke is on me. Like it feels like this is all kind of designed to sort of fuck with me a little bit. I that said, overall enjoying myself. But I'll, in my defense, Heather, uh, and we should mention that this game was was ported to Unity and came out for Windows uh, in August of this year, and also has some DLC which we'll touch on. Oh. Um, in in the it. In my defense, every time I've heard anyone talk about Frog Fraction since it, came, since it came out, it's always been the context of you just need to play it. 
Like, it's just like no one is, has been like, here's what happens. They've just been like, it's it seems like an edutainment game, but you just need to play it. And so I would say to, if there's anyone who like really wants to avoid spoilers and wants to play through this game, it's free. It's it's about an hour long. Go do that. But we are going to talk about what actually happens in this game. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, uh, but but I was similarly to you, like I did not know what was going to happen. And I spent a half hour just buying upgrades and just do, like like nabbing flies mm-hmm. and thinking that that was the whole game. Wait, so, so what was the whole game? Because <laughs> I don't think I didn't get there. I went underwater at one yes. point. But then I went back up and kept eating fucking flies. <laughs> Okay, and I didn't like it one bit. I didn't. I I also like was confused, and then I was like, because when I went under the water, I was like, oh no, I can't. My fruit is getting hurt, so I I didn't do that until Nick texted me saying like, hey, you need to go under the water for the game to happen. Oh shit! I thought it was. I thought Nick, you were saying you go under the water, then you get a bunch of fruit. Yeah. And then right. you go back, oh, fuck. But then the game transforms in a way that's completely new. Yeah, yes. basically what happens is you go down under the water. So you start off, you're playing this, this single screen game uh, where, you know, you are, you're eating, fr- you're eating flies. Um, <laughs> eventually you get an upgrade, a turtle upgrade, which lets you move around, ostensibly just to catch the fruit that are falling. Because there's three fruit that are anchored in the air that the bugs are trying to eat. You're trying to uh, protect the fruit, and then you can catch them when they fall. Uh, so, but what this, what this enables you to do, it also enables you to go underneath the water. And if you go underneath the water, you can go to the floor of the ocean where there is an infinite storage of fruit, which mm-hmm. you can collect. Quote unquote, and like then, a billion, like like a billion yeah. fruit, and then you can go up, and then you can buy every uh, every collectible from the game's uh, the game store, and then that enables you to progress to the next section. Which Betsy, I hate to ruin it for you, oh. you immediately fly through space, uh, oh. and uh, <laughs> and and go to Bug Mars, oh, where shit. where you are. Uh, where you eat flies and are immediately put on trial uh, yes. and it becomes a courtroom simulator. Wait, what? Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Mano, did you get this? From I him? just got here after Nick was like, do do this, because before that, I was like, I <gasps> can't believe we're playing this game after Huddleful Boyfriend. I feel <laughs> I feel I was like, I think on. they like fucking pranking us. <laughs> be like, here, play these shitty games and we'll have you on the screen. <laughs> Wait, so you go to a trial? You go to trial? Yeah, you go to trial uh, and uh, you have to get a... <gasps> um, a uh, passport to work on Mars. So you uh, uh, get a work visa as the frog. <laughs> uh, then you travel underwater and hear the uh, narrated fictional history of boxing while flying through water on your uh, on your dragon. Um, yes, the, the you turtle you can evolve a into a dragon. At one point. Yeah. yeah. Then and you... then I got there, but then I then I see a man like a a a. a a house husband mermaid watching TV is under the water somewhere. Did you guys yeah. find that? There is there is that guy, but he's not the end of the he's not the end goal. He's just like mm-hmm. kind of like an Easter egg you can find. Mm-hmm. I I got as far as the next segment, which is after you get out of the water, you get inside of a spaceship 
and it becomes a text adventure game. And yes. uh, having <laughs> only a weekend to play this, I was like, I'm not fucking playing another fucking tech. Like that was my threshold was like, I'm not playing another text adventure game for how did this get played? I am so tired <laughs> of trying to find fucking clues in text. I'm not doing it. So I did not get to the next segment in which the frog runs for president. Yeah. In a, <laughs> what? Never got in there. a dance dance revolution parody uh, and uh, eventually becomes the president. So I didn't get that far. Um, um, I only know it exists because of the internet. Nick, did you get that far? Yeah, I finished. I finished it. I played all the way through it. It's not that long. And that text adventure segment, which seems like it's going to be a whole thing. You're in this ship and there's only three rooms in this ship and you're really solving like like a half dozen puzzles and they're all pretty rudimentary. I think well well written and well implemented. Um but it, it, they're they're pretty simple so it doesn't take that long and then once and this is by the way this is just a straight up text adventure. This it's just black screen with orange text that you're just oh. playing in a terminal. No oh, sound design. I would have thrown even. my computer out the window. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's not for me. That's not for me. So you me. just have like a 20 minute segment when you're playing that and then you get in the dance dance revolution segment um and then after that, you have another text adventure that you play. But this one is more like some of those games that uh, I what was the, the fuck? There was a game called, I think, Drug Wars. That was a text only game where you were you were doing it all in. Um, it was basically like you were a drug lord and you were managing your sales. And so the, this 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 one you get into, it's like that. It's called the Bug Economy Manager. And oh, this is the point God. in the game when you actually are learning fractions so you finally what? get to the last act of the game. You're the president and you are managing the bug economy now. You're in the bug oval office. And what you are doing is you are taking the meta currency, which you, it gets established very early on Zork mids. And you are using Zork mids, um, dividing them by the cost to produce a unit of bug porn and then figuring out how much bug porn you can make and what price you can sell it at to make enough money to buy the future upgrade. So it it gets it gets very layered and complicated, but it does turn out to be a a a fraction teacher <laughs> at the end of the day. Wow. Wait, I also bug I also, porn? Yeah. Yeah, bug pornography. <laughs> yeah, you, you want to make you and there there are upgrades you can make to make the bugs more docile and hornier so they'll consume more po more pornography um uh, and then Yeah, uh, it's <laughs> I, I gotta, I gotta go play it right now. I'll be back. <laughs> I gotta go play that. Oh shit! What? So I, I, uh, yeah. I was surprised when reading on the history of this game uh, that I have not a personal connection, but a personal connection oh. to the, uh, the, the fact that this game sort of uh, got famous, which is that um, a friend of mine, Brandon Sheffield, uh, from the Insert Credit podcast and also from uh, Gama Sutra. Uh, tweeted about this game uh and he had about three thousand followers at the time and within a day tens of thousands of people had it had gone viral and uh had gone all of these different people and i was really i don't know like it's really neat when a friend of yours like pops up in the history of something um yeah, so, yeah. I don't, it made me that made me real happy that's cool it made me happy to see yeah yeah this yeah. game is fucking wild. And yes. now I see how interesting and weird it is. But up until, I guess just like up until that today, I was just like, why, 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 why? Yeah. 
<laughs> Why? I mean, that, we're also asking ourselves that repeatedly when we're doing the show. <laughs> that's how I start. That's how I start my day. I just stare yeah. in the mirror and say that. All <laughs> <day>. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so this this reminds me of. I mean, that there was another game we played in the show. Uh, not had a full boyfriend, but Doki Doki Literature Club, Heather and Matt, which was similarly like yeah. starts out as a dating sim and then becomes very subversive and turns into this whole this whole horror thing, um, this whole meta horror thing. Uh, this is this is similar to that, but honestly, to, speaking of personal connections, Heather, because this I know, and, and I'll mention this show that you worked on. But as I was playing this, I was like, this to me feels like the game version of the Eric Andre show, in <laughs> terms of it's taking a form that I'm familiar with, yeah, but it's fucking with it so much that it's like making me laugh at times, but also making me upset at times because <laughs> it's just so like aggressive and weird, yeah. uh, and and I feel like that's there's so much of this is like it like just for an example, there are Animal Crossing style gift boxes that will fall from the fruit on occasion. Uh-huh. They are designed in a way where it's impossible to collect them. So you'll just see like a present fall from one of the fruits and you'll be like, oh, I can go grab that. But there's it's it's set up where it's going to drop at a rate and when you be far enough away from your platform where you can never, ever collect it. There's no way to ever (laughs) do that. Um, The HUD, this is on the first screen. It's it's so it it has score and fruit. Sure, those are normal. Your health is called indignity. If your indignity rises to a high enough threshold, then you die. And then there's this meta currency Zork mids, which you have no context through uh, for until like, you know, 90% of your way through the game. And then the sound design to me is as upsetting as the horror game we played two weeks ago, (laughs) PT. It's just like there's so much just like a weird barrage of realistic sounds and then just like a guy making noises with his mouth it's unsettling yeah (laughs) which is why like this game is a bully like this game whether (laughs) whether you like it or not you're like friends with a bully if you play this right like excusing his behavior even though you saw him like slap a pig in the face and you're like no but like he's a good guy he's a good guy Slap a pig in the face. <laughs> what a funny bully, man. <laughs> My brother used to be hang out bullies. Uh, Nick, the fact that you likened this to Eric Andre, I have some headcanon about that show, which is yes. that the character of Eric is a man who's died in front of his television and his last moments before he his like solely or his consciousness fades is this blurring of his own death and the uh, <laughs> the talk show itself. Like, he's experiencing this, like, th- this fading of consciousness. Um, and applying that to Frog fact- Fractions, this is somebody who's had, like, a stroke at the computer. <laughs> right. And like, <laughs> was playing, like, an edutainment game <laughs> right as they died. And we are, like, experiencing their, like, pathway to hell. Uh, like, <laughs> yeah. And it's also what's interesting is that um, the Disneyland ride about uh, M- M- Toad's Wild Ride <gasps> goes to is trial. An experience where the frog goes to court, right? Uh, and then goes to hell. So yes, I don't know. There's something there, Nick. There's something. There's something yeah. there. Yeah, we may have just you might uncovered be that, that. It might be very well. A, a very much might be a direct reference to to Toad. You know, going to to Mr. Toad going to hell, going to court and going to hell cuz yeah it is a similar sort of thing you know you go you go to Mars and you relive the same experience um uh that you did on earth 
uh mars naturally you know very it's just just the hellscape is very red yeah. perhaps hellish meant to evoke hell um huh. i will also say that that the Oh, yeah. So I talked about how it veers into being a typing tutor at times. Again, just speaking to it sort of being like this weird, you know, hellish experience. The words you get in the typing tutor are all like obscure, uh, lengthy words like eldritch, peristalsis, rectilinear. They're all just like fucking they're they're all just bizarre things that are just kind of unsettling to see and to type out. Wait, hold on. In in the. Is there a second level of typing tutor? Because my typing words were really easy. Super easy. So yeah. I think it yeah, I think it I think as you keep going, yeah, they, they start to get more complicated. So I love and more obscure. Idea. Yeah. So if you so you're telling me that like if you loop the the pro the process more than once, like if you if you do the typing tutor more than once, that the words get more difficult? Yes. Yes, huh. and, and I, I experienced this because, again, I played the I played just that single screen for about a half hour just thinking you were supposed to upgrade, and eventually, you know, the, the thing that you need to progress to the next level costs, like, 25,000 fruit, and you collect, like, five fruit per level. So I was like, is this game really going to make me play until I collect 25,000 fruit? This was before I discovered that you can go underwater and get infinite fruit and, and then just skip that whole thing. But, yeah, I, I played the typing tutor a number of times. As a result, yeah, the words get very, very obscure and 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 lengthy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Ooh, I it, love it. It does feel like a journey to hell. This yeah. Whole yeah. game. Well, yeah, if you think of it like you're kind of trapped in a purgatory on that first screen. Yes. You know, it's just <gasps> maybe think, maybe they're under something. Do you think there's any sort of connection to like you know like how like Toad Venom is like psychedelic like? Mm. Mono, no, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. That's so smart, Mono. my ass. That's so smart, Mono. I am trying to make this make any sense because you also no, yeah. have a boss battle with uh, like a, a, a spaceship. Yes. Yep. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. The spaceship, it's it's like and- a, it, the, it turns into a shoot 'em up for a bit. You have the boss battle with a spaceship and then the spaceship... <laughs> Uh, is ab- abducts you, and that's what takes you to try. I that's did enjoy this part, Mars, where <laughs> it's like greatest. shoot, it's like shoot the spaceship, and then it's like, haha, thanks for letting us abduct you. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I, my hey, favorite man. part of this podcast is looking at Betsy's face as we as we just relay <laughs> insanity upon insanity Ooh. that happens in this game where she was just <laughs> eating, eating flies. Uh, it's blowing my mind. Yeah, I only made it to where a bunch of those like balls killed me a bunch, and then I quit. And I was like, I can't fucking keep doing this shit. I also didn't, I didn't take the time to be like, I'm gonna look up how to do this game or anything. I was just like, no, I think I'm playing. Yeah, <laughs> stuff. I, I wonder how common your experience is because I, I bet a lot of people got this, like, downloaded this game or played it on Flash. Uh, you back in the day because they'd heard so much about it and people were telling them like they told me, like, just don't read anything, just play it. And then yeah. and people like you know like we were at first and 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 your entire experience didn't know there was more to the game and there's so much more it's just it's i i bet a lot of people had had a similar sort of uh just had a similar sort of playthrough uh-huh yeah totally, totally. like cuz just even like uh Nick and Heather you you guys describing it before, like as you were introducing it i was like oh I didn't realize it was kind of a like meta 
uh, edutainment meta thing. Like, I th- that would have changed my approach going into it. I truly thought, I was like, this is so fucking dumb. I yeah. feel like I'm getting fucking pranked. <laughs> what is this shit? <laughs> I was, yeah, I was, I was, I was putting nickels in a sock ready to hit Nick in the head. I was, <laughs> I was like, this shit has to stop. I was like, you bring us on to review Mario. Um, yeah, yeah. No, we, but, we owe you guys a good game at this point. No, 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 no. You don't have nothing. No, keep giving me the garbage. I'm, I'll get, I like getting mad. I like getting mad. <laughs> my favorite interviews of the uh the uh developer is that he he says something like he's he was hoping to make these other video games so he's working on frog fractions and then was like i could just put all this stuff in frog fractions like that he he was like daydreaming Uh about like other projects Uh and then was like why not just put a courtroom simulator in this Uh, (laughs) right which is yeah which is great i wish more games Uh I feel like coming off Kojember and playing this, it feels like the uh, the things you can do with a video game are self-limiting and that there is so much stuff that you can do. And it's a shame that like stuff doesn't break genre more often. Like it would be fucking crazy if there was a first person shooter segment in the next Mario. I mean, it could be with fireballs, yeah. but like that would be Whoa. fucking awesome. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Did you guys play? There was a really weird game. There was like a golf game that came out this year, like called What the Golf. Uh, Yeah, I'm I'm familiar with it. I didn't play it. It was kind of pranky. It was or kind of that. It was like this is about golf, and then it was absolutely not. And it was actually pretty fun. I would say nine times out of ten. Yeah, I I think that was my that was basically my reaction to this. Of just like I felt like I was being fucked with, but at the end of the day, I really I was like, oh, this is a very memorable experience, and I like all the, all the twists it takes. I would, never would have anticipated, which you know you don't experience very often in anything, interactive yeah. or non-interactive, where mm-hmm. you're just like, oh, I had no idea where this was going to go. Um, even if those deci- that's because the decisions are random. We touched on the underwater dungeon and how as you're navigating this underwater dungeon as a as a dragon, this maze. Uh, and you eventually get into the the uh, the rocket ship that's crashed at the bottom of the ocean. Uh, there is uh, there's this kind of you know trippy oceanic music playing, this video game underwater level music playing. But also there is a history of boxing that plays with Whoa. a narrator oh, yeah. over it. Uh, and Matt, can we hear some of this? <laughs> Shit, I should have played it. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> As conceived in 1632 by Portuguese printing press operator André Felipe, boxing was a gentleman's game in which two men would square off and regale each other with stories monotonous for days on end, until one of them fell to the ground from boredom or exhaustion. Over the next few years, the new sport developed a respectable following of a few hundred local socialites. So yeah, it's this is just it's just total nonsense, and it sounds like you know he's talking with the authority, and it's like an underwater, and you're hearing that you're like you're naturally thinking of Jacques Cousteau when you hear someone with a French accent, so you're like, oh, this is someone with some authority, but then if you actually listen to the words, just like, oh, this is just this is complete bullshit. This is completely made up. It felt like Bennett Foddy. Like it felt like like I was like, oh boy, that 
like I couldn't I don't know if this predates Bennett Foddy, uh, but if it does, then it feel like Bennett Foddy feels less original to me because like trying to do something <laughs> while a guy just talks to you peacefully. Um, like it, it, if this was the if this was a game you played in 2012 and hadn't experienced that, it would be so fucking crazy to first experience that trope <laughs> in frog fractions. Like, right. You'd scream at the screen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's 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 so disorienting and and you know, it's just again like like so much of this game is unsettling. Um and and so the the end game here after you get through the 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 business simulator where you're you're stimulating the bug economy sufficiently by uh getting enough bugs addicted to pornography uh where you can you can buy a presidential swimming pool and then when you buy a presidential swimming pool it's the same game as the first screen but no. you're just in a in an indoor and a, in a, in a palatial indoor pool and then wow. and, and you end it by going under the water again and then you get to the credits so it's just a, it's a whole full circle this uh, is madness thing. yeah this is maddening and see, I yeah. didn't even hear the boxing thing because I, at this point, I'd muted the game because I just thought the game was the annoying music in the beginning. Oh, yeah. So I fully missed this, like, this track that you would play for, like, prisoners of war to help them. Like, <laughs> 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 to help them fucking confess all this. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I'll tell you. <laughs> stop this shit, man. Whoa. Whoa. Um, I, I didn't uh, do a ton of research on the sequel, Frog Fractions 2. No. Yeah. Uh, which was a, a, a much larger, it was published by Adult Swim Games. So this was like a, a larger um, bit, like in circumstance for this one. But apparently the game was an alternate reality game, which is one of those games where you're like, you're the clues are hidden on different websites and inside of photos and audio files, and you're looking for information in order to solve a puzzle. Um, some alternate reality games also will send you text messages. Like you'll have to input your phone number at some point and they'll like text you things. Uh, but Frog Fractions 2 <gasps> was buried inside of another game called yes. Glitter Mittent Grove. Uh, which was in, developed by an entirely different person, and you had to go into that what? game in order to find Frog Fractions too. So what? it's uh, it never stopped. Like this stuff never stops giving. Like once you enter yeah, Frog no. Fractions, <laughs> yeah, it, it's the same sort of thing. It's it's just and and the same. Similarly, they have a they have a DLC you can get with a PC version, the Frog Factions Hat DLC. Which gives your it, basically all it does functionally is it puts a hat. It costs ten dollars and it puts a hat on your frog. <laughs> oh, no. But af, <laughs> like it, it seems like the first level is just like oh this frog has a hat. But then as the game progresses, it complete it's like a completely different game and it has a meta element of a, a an angry commenter who is like mad about frog factions who is talking at you. And you end up interacting with him. You end up talking with your boss. Who's it's it's this whole other experience uh, that is just again just feels like a very elaborate prank on top of another an existing prank. Shit. The the amount wow. of time it took to solve the puzzles that got people to Frog Fractions two was two years and eight months of puzzle solving across wow. multiple games, Facebook. YouTube uh -uh. and physical puzzles. I want to read this to you guys. Players Please. of the ARG 
found clues to a physical location where a box with a button labeled FF2 and a key switch was found, as well as to a real-life Escape the Room game where players found the matching key. The key was shipped to the box recoverer and triggered two years and eight months later on December 24th, 2016. Once triggered, Glitter Mittens Grove was updated with Frog Fractions 2 content. (laughs) Wow. Shut up. And, now, and this is this really happened? This is real? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. What? Two what? years, eight months. Time well spent. We can all agree. That is some Susie Barrett treasure hunt shit. That <laughs> wild. That's so nuts, man. That's really yeah. wild. Whoa. Yeah. Well, yeah. there's a there's a ton going on with this game and its expanded <sighs> universe, a, a cinematic universe. It calls it. It, it refers to, uh, and uh, you know, the, I will say that they, I think they call it the game of the decade edition. Um, it that 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 is a purchasable for Windows. So there's a ton going on with it. There's a ton of content. Uh, but we should get to our final thoughts on Frog Fractions, the original. It's time for our review crew. So we'll say something positive about Frog Fractions and give it a numerical decimal rating. I will begin. So uh, my two positive things. One, there's a rotating inspirational quote on the main menu. And the first one I got was, I want to go home at night and feel discomfort. Nicole Kidman. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. That's funny. That's funny. Yeah, that's good. (laughs) Um, but the the other thing is, so there is a lock on. Uh, you can you can unlock lock on targeting in as a purchasable inside the game's game I shop. I saw that. I saw that. Yeah. Yes. But then after you do that, you can uninstall lock on targeting for an additional cost, and then you can repeat this cycle thirty four times. And each time you do it, there is new dialogue, and eventually the lock on and the uninstall lock on. Uh, like icons are arguing their own case for whether they should exist and like like what whether lock on or, or no lock on is the right approach. And then it goes on this huge tangent about like waffles. They're just talking about waffles for a time. What? And then they start talking about the player themselves and the players like, you know, either intransigence or inability to figure out how you're actually supposed to play the game. And it goes on for so long. And I thought this was the whole game. I thought at first, like, this meta comment was a whole game. But it's not. It's just a little bit of a, of a it's, it's just, like, basically an Easter egg, uh, which, I, which really tickled me. I think this, yeah. is a, this is a wild, memorable experience that, you know, ideally you go in blind and discover all of its mysteries. But even if you don't, I think it's worth playing through once. It's not that long, and it's free. I'm going to give this a, uh, I'll give this a 30 over 4. Uh, Heather, <laughs> Heather, what's your what's your review and score? Well, um, can I can I say a dumb complaint? Yeah, sure. which is that playing this game with a trackpad is hard. It's Very. hard. Very. It's hard. It's uh, so hard. And um, that was shocking to me. Like that that it was that it was hard to do with a trackpad. Um, but. Once the game got going, once I was like uh, off to the races and listening to boxing, I was like, at this point, we know this kind of game. Like it's uh, 
what was that other one we played? That RPG that was like self-aware and broke. Um, I mean, broke the fourth are, you, wall. are you talking about Undertale? Yeah, Undertale. Yeah, Undertale or Doki Doki Literature Club. These are all like things that have become a thing. Um, but if I'd played this in 2012, I would have been like, this fucking rules. This is amazing. I would have told my friends mm. about it. I would have been so excited that it that it that I discovered it or that I that I took partook in it. Um, so yeah, I mean, um, I really liked the boxing part. I thought it was real fun. I, I made me giggle a bunch. <laughs> uh, I'm going to give this game, I'm going to give this game, once you upgrade the frog's brain, you can then see decimal points instead of fractions. So I'm yes. going to give this game a, uh, uh, an eight E X to the negative four five point seven over uh, zero point zero one. Right. Whoa. The guy, the guy who uh, charts all of our scores each week, will have a great time. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Matt, your 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 thoughts, your score. Um. So I mean, I yeah, I was confused when I first started this, but then once I started getting into it a little more, I started to have a little more fun. And one of my favorite parts of the game was um, after, like, just the, the I, I didn't love the text adventure part of it, but I liked the result of that, which was you got to um, see this, like, ID after, you basically talk your way out of it. And yeah. um, uh, it says, working holiday visa for Bug Mars. And <laughs> I don't know if the name is the same on everyone's, but the name I have right here on mine is Bartholomew Salience. And I don't know why... That just got me real good. I, I had a great time. Your address is 1245 Bug Street, and that's great. Uh, just had a great that's time with that. That's pretty good. That's and you can good. sign it. And when I signed it, I wrote Frog. And I, don't, I, I just kind of had a lot of fun with the, with the, the ID. Um, but I'm not good at math, so I'm going to just say I give this a seven. <laughs> right. Oh, my, my, my number is meaningless. Like, it won't be... You won't be yeah. able to calculate it. I don't Just know like math well enough to do a fake one. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Mono, your thoughts, your score. Sure. I will say, look, we kind of had fun eventually. <laughs> I look, I, I feel like the storytelling in this game is kind of like a fucking Lynch film. And I feel like I'm a little bit more for linear Linear stuff. I want to know what's happening. Entertain me. Yes, man. Anyone can be confusing. (laughs) So I like what happened. But also, even once I got there, when I was like at the bottom of the ocean, walk like swimming around in nothingness, I was like, this isn't great. This is this isn't fun. So I think it's interesting. And I also think it's frustrating. Cool (laughs) stuff. Funny dialogue. So I was gonna give it. I'm gonna give it the confusing score. Uh, two only two squares of indignity. <laughs> Whoa! Nice wow. one. No. <laughs> uh, and Betsy, uh, you y- y- yeah. y- stuck around on that first level, but uh, overall, <laughs> your your thoughts on this game and your score. Man, I'm gonna. I will say, I really enjoyed hearing you explain what happened. <laughs> Honestly, probably more than if I had played the game. I, I liked you guys explaining it way more than me trying to figure it out. Uh, 
And you like the typing boards. You like the typing. I loved typing neon and and (laughs) tooth. And I love that part. That part was good. Uh, (laughs) I like the sound when you get to the bottom of the ocean and you collect like a billion fruit. Um, But this was it was a tough one for me. I uh, like good for the the dude who made it for having, Mm -hmm. I guess, fun. Uh, But I don't I don't I don't need this game in my life. Um, (laughs) 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 Like even with you, with everybody explaining what happens, I'm never touching this game again. (laughs) Um, I'll give it a zero over zero. Oh shit! Wow, <laughs> wow! Und- <laughs> Sounds undefined. You can't even divide zero by zero. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's maybe what this game deserves. Uh, but hey, Heather, maybe we're wrong. Maybe we were wrong. We've got reviews from the internet that disagree or agree with us. I mean, Nick, sometimes just you. You pick up reviews that you just like. So I can't even yeah, introduce this I mean, segment as being like, we were wrong. Because sometimes Nick just wants to be right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I have a, I have a review from the, uh, the Steam store, uh, which is by MC Splooge. He played <laughs> 2.2 hours of the game and does not recommend it. His analysis is too political. And that oh, yeah. is the entirety of the review. <laughs> I, I pulled that one too. And yeah, a lot of people are just shit posting in the Steam reviews, but there are some pretty good shit posts. Here's a couple I got. Uh, this is from the Steam store. This is from Blue Zealot. I've learned fractions, but at what cost? <laughs> and then uh, this is from Zero Saiva, uh, a recommended review. Please give me my kids back. Oh, boy. <laughs> I like this, this recommended review from... And uh, and a lever. It's recommended. 1.1 hours on uh, record. The review says video game. (laughs) (laughs) Not wrong. (laughs) Not wrong. Not wrong. But not wrong. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Here's a little here's a little bit from the blog of Jim Stormdancer talking about the Frog Fractions hat DLC. This is more just interesting. uh, But I I, I thought this was a this was an interesting uh, uh, game design insight. I ended up leaning heavily on dialogue trees. Ron Gilbert, uh, who made Monkey Island, uh, has talked about discovering while making Monkey Island that playtesters hated lengthy expository scenes, but they had no problem with exhausting every option in a dialogue tree and absorbing the same amount of information in the same time. Even a tiny nod to interactivity can have a huge psychological impact. Wow. And I just sort of realized, like, oh, yeah, when I'm because when I'm playing through a fucking RPG or an adventure game and there's a dialogue tree, I will absolutely click every single fucking option to see what happens with this Fallout NPC or whatever, because yeah. I just want to hear it all. But if I was watching like a 10 minute cut, uninterrupted cut scene of that right. same information, I'd be like, this is fucking boring. When can I play again? Yeah. I, yeah. Yep. Right. Yep. Totally fair. Yeah, absolutely. <sighs> yep. Yeah. I, yeah. I you know, I, th- here's the honest question. Would you guys, would you play other prank games? If someone was like, this is a $60 prank game, buy it for a surprise. Would you? Um, I, I think it would have, it, I, I think this game doesn't overstay its welcome. 
I would say if mm-hmm. this was like a 10 hour game, I'd be a little, I'd get exhausted. And even with Doki Toki Literature Club, well, that was a different thing because it was less of a prank and it was more of a, a, it's more just like a descent into, it was more of a horror game ultimately. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but even w- I, if this game was like longer than it was, I think I probably wouldn't like it as much. Uh, mm-hmm. And, but I, I don't know. I mean, I, 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 again, I like the experience, but a part, parts of it, I, a lot of it, I found unsettling and unpleasant. So I don't know. What, what about you, Heather? What about you, Heather? Uh, it would depend. Uh, yeah, it would depend on the person recommending it. So, for example, mm-hmm. if Abadaka was like, "Hey, play this, uh, play this game," I, I totally would. But if Nick said it, I'd be like, "Yeah, sure, buddy," and then ne- never ever uh, purchase the game. <laughs> uh, yeah. But. I don't I don't mind being taken on an adventure like it's really mm-hmm. nice to relinquish control sometimes and see what happens next. Mm-hmm. And I feel like there are games that reward you with consist for your consistency or reward you with inconsistency. And I think that this is oh. um, enjoyable because like I literally didn't know what was going to happen next. And that is like opening up a puzzle box. Um, right. So yeah, yeah I, until we got to the text message point, and I was like, nope, 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 I can't do it. Yet. I, <laughs> I did like two or three puzzles, and I was like, okay, I'm not out of this yet, and I am not. I have, I don't know if the prank is getting me into a text message or a text adventure, and then mm-hmm. I'm just stuck here for hours. And right. if that's like, because I didn't know what the rest of the game was. Um, I don't know. Does that answer your question? Speaking of questions, yeah. <laughs> it's time for the question block. Ding! Uh, okay, this one is for an email actually, and this one is the subject is most beautiful games, and it's from Seven Share uh, mm. on our email here, and they said. Hi, guys. I sometimes play video games for aesthetic value alone, not because of the gameplay. What are the most beautiful games you've ever played, especially on older systems like the NES, SNES, or Genesis, or just in general? Personally, I'd probably pick Secret of Mana as an all-around most beautiful game I've ever played. I sometimes pop it in to soak in the atmosphere for a few minutes. Edge. Wow. Excellent. Wow. Great question. Uh, Anything come to mind with with, uh, Mono and Betsy? Any games that strike you as particularly aesthetically pleasing visually? Absolutely. We play a bunch of those, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for uh, when it comes to like older stuff, I mean, Super or Super Mario Three is just yeah makes yeah. me so happy. Yeah, when I look at it, when I hear every Gorgeous. sound, I'm just like, this is beautiful, man. Gorgeous. And me and Betsy both have been obsessed with like a lot of the journey, like you said. And we got we were obsessed with Inside, oh, which and is... which is stunning. And uh, I also Celeste, of course, was incredible. Celeste. And in the vein of old games, um, it's too many to name. Yeah, this... uh, we've we've covered uh, we covered Inside on the podcast. We could have oh. had you on for that. Instead, oh. we got you on for Frog Fraction. So sorry about that. <laughs> uh, we we loved Inside. It was like. <laughs> It was one that I, because I'm I'm not one to just sit down and be like, I need to finish this game. Like, it takes right. me a long time. Yes. But that one, I was like, Mono, we have to keep playing. I got to know what happens. The twist at the end, speaking of Ooh. twists, that thing that happens at the end of the game to me is the most gratifying twist in a game ever. F- fully agree. It's, oh. it's, it's so satisfying. Yeah. Um, the Heather, a game in terms of a, games that just like look fucking great 
that a, a one, I, I think this is a game that I think of when I think of you, uh, Street Fighter Three Third Strike. I think mm. just like the the animation on that it, and the, and the, the the art in that, it's just like the height of like uh, that that sort of uh, those sorts of like triple A like like pixel games. It it just looks so fucking good among uh, among two D games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's 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 a standout. Um, I'd also say Yoshi's Island on Super NES. Mm. Oh sure, uh, yeah. it's like a masterpiece. Um, and then if I was going to do a low poly game, uh, it would be Vagrant Story is mm. st- astonishingly gorgeous for being on yeah. the original mm. PlayStation. Like there are facial expressions and lighting changes, mm-hmm. like a whole bunch of shit that happens not in the way that, say, um, Final Fantasy VII would just pre-render stuff or you'd be walking mm-hmm. through a gorgeous still picture like the camera is dynamic uh, it's really, it's, it's a, an incredible feat of programming. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, just like to go to a place and hang out, if out of this world wasn't such a, like, if you could stand still in out of this world and just appreciate the, the art, I think out of this world would also be on my list. Um, I'm mm-hmm. looking also, I'm looking up at my shelves of super NES games and facing out, I have Chrono Trigger, Final Fantasy, Earthbound, Secret of Mana, and uh, Link to the Past are the ones that seem to, mm. like, those are the ones I play the most often, and those feel like beautiful games. I, I, I got a lot yeah. to say about this. Yeah. We could just keep talking about it forever. I know. <laughs> um, I, I, I just, uh, just to cite a few more, those are all great ones. I mean, I think, when I think back on, you know, uh, the 2D sprite era, it's mm-hmm. like, it, for me, there there was a Mickey Mouse game, Mickey Castle of Illusion for Genesis, yes! that just looks yeah. so fucking good. It was just yes! like a, just a beautifully animated uh, game. And uh, and then also, you know, thinking of, you know, Celeste you mentioned is is a very good one. Uh, but think of more modern ones, uh, the the Ori games, Ori in the Blind Forest, and 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 its sequel. Uh, mm-hmm. Which I, both of which I played this year. Those games are just astonishing to look at. They are just mm-hmm. so fucking great. Two D, three D, two three D is two D games. You know what game sucks, but uh, but is gorgeous is Final Fantasy thirteen. Like mm. easily mm. one of the worst Final Fantasies, but the world that you inhabit is so gorgeous. Like that's yeah, it, yeah. It's a that's a it's a shame that that game is not enjoyable and that lightning is such a bitch. Hmm? What? <laughs> <laughs> like the new Luigi's Mansion, I would say looked better than it ultimately was. Mm. It was sure. just like looked cool. Also, there's a game called Good Job. You guys need to play that game. Have you played Good Job? It's no. so no. fun and weird. Okay. Oh, it's so fun and weird. It's really, it's a very open, weird world where you play the privileged son of a CEO and you basically get rewarded for breaking everything in the company. It's really fun. Wow. Yes, yeah. That sounds That's fun. Great. That That's sounds great. It's good. Good. I like it. Well, well next, uh, next time, we'll ask you what game you want to cover. We'll talk about it. Is this I'll a good be suggestion? Offended. Nope. I'll be offended nope, if it's I want- good. You gotta give us the shittiest one. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta. Uh, <laughs> Uh, hit, uh, hit us up with your questions on Twitter and Instagram at Get Played Pod or send us an email at getplayedpod at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at 616-2PLAYED. That is 616-275-2933. Mono and Betsy, uh, always a delight to have you. Two of the funniest people alive. The podcast, 
We Love Trash. You can find it at patreon.com slash we love trash. Yeah. Uh, tell us about that and anything else you would like to promote. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, we love trash. It's just Mono and I kind of celebrating all things trashy, you know, like food and, and movies and television and us because uh, we're ultimate trash. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's really it's fun. We just we do whatever we want. <laughs> it's fun. We get stupid. And yeah, I guess just like if you follow us on Instagram, you'll see all the other millions of podcasts we're also doing. So yep. just find us online. I we're we're both our names at on Instagram. So yeah. find us there. Yeah. So. I'm at Mono Agapia. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of people to follow, uh our music is done by Devin Bryant. Uh he is Baffle Gabs on Twitter and I think also on Instagram. Uh so if you like the music that plays, maybe not on this episode. Because it's going to be terrible no matter... Well, I mean, maybe it'd make it nice. <laughs> music is so great on this fucking game. Uh, but if you like the theme songs in all the rest of our episodes, uh, hit them up on online, uh, on social media, please, Matt. Tell us what next week's game is. <laughs> next week's game, Hypnospace Outlaw. Goodbye, everyone. Goodbye, Bucket. <laughs> Edge. 